Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Sharings with Shama. Today, I want to share something with you. Uh, this is a typical me. I just asked on Instagram, topic, please suggest a topic for today. And as soon as I said that, I decided what I'm going to share about. So uh, no offense if you gave me a lot of good good suggestions. I'm going to keep them, of course. But I think that I uh, it's a good idea to share with you about medication, what it does to... I can only, and this is also very, very important, this is not a scientific podcast. This is me sharing my own experience. So uh, don't ever take this for medical advice, okay? So with that said, I decided I'm going to share about medication, my experience of it, and um, I want to share about like general thoughts about it and judgments and how society looks upon it and of course also the benefits and what it can do for you and so on. And I think... Yeah, I think it's a really, really good topic. Um, as some of you know, you know me by now, I had like a, a rough childhood, you could say. Uh, there were quite many childhood traumas and uh, um, I was kind of born into this world, not being loved, not being welcomed. And I know that this... Uh, made a big, big impact on me as a child and also, uh, I'm certain, also on my brain. Uh, Gabor Matei says that your brain isn't wired the way it should be if you don't get the love and nourishment that you need as a child. So the good thing is that you can repair it uh, with good therapy and so on and and also medication. Um Anyhow, during my whole life, I would say really, really early on, from maybe age four and onwards, I always felt this kind of pressure or low mood or even though I kind of was a very energetic person, uh, also quite happy <laughs> in my personality, uh, there was always something heavy. There was always something dark and always something miserable in a way. I also know that I grew up with parents who who had uh, uh, mental issues, like struggling with uh, depression and moody and uh, anger and so on. <clears throat> and I know that this affected not only me, but also my sisters. And during my whole life, especially when I came, you know, into puberty and my dad got cancer and I developed an eating disorder, I began to drink a lot of alcohol and so on, my mood became lower in general. It was always like, um, I also had a big, big difficulty with my self-confidence and my my social relationships uh, with friends and they were much, much more carefree than I was early on, early on, like 14, 15. Um, and I can say that uh, my dad, he died when I was 18. I was living alone 
Um, I moved away from home when I was 17. And I got no support, no therapy, no help. And I was totally, totally devastated. And when I was 19, I made my first suicidal attempt. It was very, it was really, really a cry for help at that point. But I can also see you don't do that unless you are depressed. It's just recent that I have come to realize that actually what precedes, you know, what comes before a suicide attempt is depression. Of course, it doesn't take an Einstein to understand that. But anyhow, I, I kind of lived with this mood always, you know. And then I got the kids, uh, two of them, and then I met my the love of my life, and then he died in the in the plane crash, and and my mood, you know, I could just see that I, it never really struck me that hey, you are depressed, and at that time it was like nineteen, the beginning of nineties. It wasn't, you know, depression was not a word that you used and. And mental health issues was was not something you spoke about. And if it st- is stigmatized today, I think back then it was nothing we were aware of even. I think that... <clears throat> sorry, my, my throat is a bit difficult today. I think that my mom, she lost her job when I was 15 and she was depressed... But we never spoke that out, you know. And I know when Stefan died, of course I was heavily depressed. But we didn't really speak about it. And medication was not... I shouldn't say not. I know that my mom wanted me to take something. Uh, She was very, very worried. And I refused. I know that I was prescribed medication at that time because that's what I used when I tried to commit suicide. But I never took them uh, because I didn't understand. I didn't understand what good it was supposed to do for me. And it's not until like five years ago that I took any medicine. And when I did... I was prescribed 10 milligrams of something called escitalopram, and I took that. And after a month, you know, I began to wake up in the morning feeling calm, feeling happy. My self-confidence was rising, and I began to think that, is this how normal people have it? like normal people, is this what you're supposed to see when you wake up in the morning? And I went about my day and I felt kind of calm and happy. And I remember thinking those first months, maybe those first five, six months, I was thinking like, wow, it's amazing. I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just walking here. I'm standing here. I'm waking up, I'm going to bed, and I'm okay. And that was a feeling I I can't recall ever having in my life, which is surreal. Of course, I've been really, really happy. Of course, I had really, really good moments and long-lasting good moments and so on. 
but not this sense of being okay and calm and stable and thinking that I'm a good person. It was like the combination of peace and self-validation, self-confidence. And and I just felt like, is this how normal people function? And I was totally amazed. And then a year later, I stopped drinking alcohol. And just a few months after that, I stopped taking the medication. And I was really, really so, so certain that that it was more or less the alcohol that ruined my life because I had been drinking since I was 14. And I thought that this was, if I only lived well, you know, if I only took care of myself and lived well, I would never, ever need to be on medication again. And now, a month ago, uh, as I told you in a previous episode, I entered into a depression. And this time, I'm really, I'm really, really grateful. <laughs> and it sounds like, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on, on a path. I'm like Sherlock Holmes in my life. I'm really, really grateful that it happened to me, that it actually happened and I was aware it's happening. I'm going down. And I was exercising. I was eating well. I had like good relationships with my close friends and my sister. I was really in connection with them every day. And But there were things that started to not function. My sleep, for example. For three days, I couldn't sleep. My thoughts became super negative. My self-confidence, the feeling of being a loser, of being a nobody, of not being loved. And I could just feel that, okay, whatever is happening right now is not real. I still have my friends, my sister. We are still in connection. I'm still doing the same things I did yesterday. I'm still just as good a person as I was yesterday, but my feelings about myself is completely changed. My outlook on the world is completely changed. I can't even see the world. I can't communicate. I can't make myself understood. I can't focus. And I just felt like, what is happening now? Something is happening and it's going really, really, really fast. And I just decided, because I had the experience five years ago, that, okay, I've tried now everything. I'm doing everything right. So I called my doctor and I said, I know I need to start taking the medicine again. And she was like, yeah, sure, I will prescribe it. It's no, of course. And I began to take it and... The day after I recorded the the podcast from Inside Depression, and this is also so interesting. If I listen to that right now, I don't understand. You know, I can't... I can't relate. I hear myself how it is, but I can't feel it, you know. And I just realized that 
From inside a depression, life isn't real. It's like entering a different world. It's, you enter a different reality, and that reality is so twisted, and it's, it's an illusion, it's not real. And when you're not in there, it's impossible to relate. It's like entering into a movie and being a character in a movie, and then you're out of the movie and you don't remember that you... It's like being in a dream, in a way. And what the medicine does to me, it's not a quick fix. But what is a quick fix? What was a quick fix for me was that I knew it was going to work. Because it had worked before. So I had the confidence, I had the trust, I had the faith that it's going to be okay. And for me to be in that dark place a month ago and know it's going to be okay... I think that saved me totally those first days, the first week. Also my friends, uh, my friend Miriam, she spent a lot of time with me and and I know that just doing one good thing at a time and every morning, <laughs> every morning waking up and feeling like, okay, I'm going to take this little white pill now and it's going to take me to another good day. I'm getting closer to okay for every day I take it I get it closer to okay and I had faith because I knew it worked before so it took me almost two weeks and then <laughs> and this is this is really funny uh, I remember it it's just like it's two weeks ago and I spoke to my sister and she's like how are you and I'm like do you know what I I am okay I'm okay again, you know, and I just felt like this little white pill, do you know what, this pill, it gives me, it gives me, it's not only 10 milligram escitalopram, it's just like 10 milligram self-confidence, it's 10 milligram peace, it's 10 milligram concentration, it's 10 milligram focus, uh, it's 10 milligram life joy, there is so much in this little white pill that it brings me back my essence. And she's like, but it's amazing. You found yourself in a little white pill. You found your, you're found now. And I like, yes, my identity, my whole identity lies in that little white pill. It's my essence. I must, my soul is in that little white pill. And we were laughing and I just felt like it's amazing. And the thing is that it's not artificial. It's real. It's just like it takes me back. It brings me back my essence. It brings me back this feeling of okayness, this feeling of calm, of peace, of joy, of being okay. And I just felt like this, to live without self-confidence, to live without joy, to live without peace, it's, it's not doable. And if... A little white pill can bring me back myself. It's uh, it's so it's so worth it, and and I want to say um, once again that this is not a scientifically based podcast. It's me sharing my experience. This doesn't mean that it's like this for everyone. I have no idea. I'm just saying that. Those, everyone who is negative to medicine, and I can say, 
I have absolutely no problem with saying I was wrong or, you know, that I have been judgmental or this and that. And I thought that if I only lived well, if I removed alcohol and lived well, I wouldn't need to take it. The thing is that when I entered into a crisis upon a crisis upon a crisis a few months back, my system couldn't handle it. And if that is because of my childhood traumas, if that is about my, you know, my genetic composition, if that is about my personality or whatever, it doesn't matter. The fact is that I went down. All the things that happened took me into a depression. And there's absolutely no point in going into a depression knowing that there is help. And I won't take it because help is offered in a little white pill. I'm only going to accept help if it comes as meditation and yoga. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reject the medicine. And I feel that that is not the way. That is so not the way. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. And I can say that this little white pill is just as needed as yoga for some people or meditation or, you know, a green juice, whatever, a hug. It's, it's every, every, every way help comes. Help can come disguised as anything. We have no idea what help is going to look like. But when help comes, we say yes, thank you. We don't reject it. When we need help, we accept it the way it comes. This is my, my total confidence that it, you know, it will come in different ways at different times and it was all, will always be the right one. But I feel really to have this strong judgment against medicine. I know so many who are against it and really say that it's artificial and it's not real and it twists your mind and so on and so on. And I can say, it saves lives. It really, really, truly saves lives. And I'm not talking about people with disorders or, you know, uh, diagnosis, like, because I'm not, I have no idea how that works. But I just know that for me, the chemical imbalance, what happens in my body when I get stressed from a crisis is that something changes and it's so, you know, it's so um, visible. You know, I can really, I feel it immediately. I'm going down. And to just, you know, for me, it's just, am I going to stand and watch myself drown and not do something? Because some people say that medicine is wrong. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not stupid. And thank God I love myself enough to take the help that is offered. So I just want to say that for all of you who have a very, very judgmental view upon medication or have a very, very uh, self-righteousness, this is the way, we don't do that, and so on, most likely you haven't been in the situation where you were fighting for your life and where this would save your life. 
And I think that to have an, an open-mindedness when it comes to always. And this is the thing. Um, I'm writing a book right now on depression and there are so much needed. It's not like medicine is the way. It's not like exercise is the way. It's not like food is the way. It's not like supplements is the way. Sleep is the way. Therapy is the way. It's not like, you know, there is so much that is the way in combination. And we take the different measurements at times and we try to change our lives so we live as good as we can. I think that that is like the basis, the better we live, the healthier we live, you know, the happier we are in general, the better we can fight a depression. Because life is going to continue to happen to us. You know, it's not like some people. Some people are more prone to, to enter into a depression. If you are like have heavy childhood traumas, it's most you know, certain that at some point in life you're going to enter into a depression because it's going to bite you in the tail. You know, it's going to come. It's going to be a relationship going wrong or it's, you're going to lose your job or whatever crisis happening. And it's just that things we have in our past make us less, you know. We don't have, have the emotional muscles to handle it. So, and to know then what to do to know all the ways possible that you can do. It's not like, okay, call the doctor, take some medication, you're going to be fine. I mean, yes, that is one step. There is one road, but we take a lot of different measurements. We do a lot. We have to kind of make a little collection of goodness around us. And I can say that medication is one thing. It's just really... And it's also of God. It's also like something given to us. Some of us don't have as much serotonin as other people. And I can say it's not like, okay, for 47 years, I lived with a very unstable mood. And I often, I had really low self-confidence. Even when you look at my life, I was quite successful. You know, in my life, I've been quite successful. And I've been quite, you know, good looking and okay. And, you know, and my self-confidence has been super low, always. I, it's, it's just so strange. How can it be that you can perform so well, but you feel so crappy on the inside? It kind of doesn't match, you know. It doesn't matter what you do. You're never feeling that. And now the amazing thing is that I don't do anything. You know, I don't do much. My days now, I walk my dog, I have breakfast, I have coffee with a friend, I record a podcast a week, I write a little of my book, I vacuum the house at times, I water my plants, and I feel good. I feel like, yeah, you are a good person, Shama. That's all I need to do at the moment. And there have been times where it's never been enough, you know. I have to create, I have to really accomplish, I have to perform, I have to do so much to feel a little, little better. And I can see that there is so much in this imbalance in me. 
chemically that this little white pill kind of corrects. My sisters, who, who truly loves me, they are very, very pragmatic. They say, Shama, do you know what? No, they say Beben, because my sisters call me Beben when I was little. It's, it's a nickname for little baby. And they say, Beben, do you know what? You just have to realize it's just as if you had diabetes. You would take your medicine every day. And you just have kind of a mental diabetes, and you take your medicine. Okay, can you just promise us? Because they don't want to lose me. They are really like, for them, it's supernatural that I take medicine. It's really like, whatever it is, we want you to be happy and alive. So whatever you need to do to be happy and alive, you just do it. And if it was another disease, we would say the same thing. You know, you just take the treatment that works. So I would say it's really lovely to have the support in my sisters and to know that there is, and around me, there is absolutely no judgment against medicine. And I'm not saying that this is a universal fix. I still have judgments, what shall I say, when people are just prescribed medicine. You come to a doctor and say, I feel stressed or unhappy or whatever, and the doctor just prescribes you medicine. I don't believe in that approach. I believe in a holistic approach where we take like a grip of the whole picture and we look at everything, you know. When you look at relationship and work and food and sleep and exercise, everything, and kind of make good adjustments everywhere. Addiction, for example. But I'm not against medication. I think it's a really... And I'm also sure that the lifestyle that we have, the stresses in life that we live with, that maybe our parents didn't have the same way, you know, I think that is also a cause. So, of course, to reduce stress is also super important. I think it's really, really... I think it's... If I can say something, it's, it's really like if you're on medication, I don't think it's wise to continue the lifestyle you had that made you need medication. Something's got to change. So... <clears throat> For me, the change I did was a lot about acceptance. It was a lot about internalizing, kind of accepting that this is how it is. There will most likely be times in my life where I need to medicate. There may be so that I need to do it for the rest of my life every day. I don't know, and I'm open to that it can be that way. And it's not a defeat. And for me, it takes a lot to kind of accept this. Because I also had judgments. I also thought that if you just stop drinking, stop, you know, using drugs and so on and lived well... Uh, you would never need it. And I was wrong. 
And you know how it is. It's not like we don't like to admit that we are wrong. And it's also not a weakness to admit I was wrong. And I think also... I know many people consider it a weakness, both to ask for help. There are people who consider it's it's a weakness to go to therapy. There are for sure people who think it's a weakness to medicate. And I'm just happy that I don't have that approach, that I can see beyond that and see that the way help is offered us may not be the the way we want it to be. I mean, in a perfect world, I would be happy, joyful, peaceful, and free, and unaffected of life happening around me, and I would not need any uh, medication ever. And that's not how it is. That's not who I am. That's not my personality. That's not my constitution. And I'm just so happy. Do you know what? This is the first time in my life that I actually get myself out of a depression because I'm aware and I know the right steps to take. It's not like this is the first time in my life I handle the crisis. I handle it emotionally and then when my kind of body broke down, I handled it too. And I knew that this is the way to go. And I just felt like, for me, this is a victory, you know. This is a victory because, honestly, this could have ended in another suicide attempt. I I know this. And I'm so happy that I was this aware, that I had this much experience, that I could actually just realize, okay, I need to start medicating it's just, that's just the solution. And I had faith it's going to work, you know. So I think for all of you who, I know there's so many, I get so many DMs and, and messages that people are depressed. And I know that now in Corona, I know so many, we so many more people are going to end up in that situation. I think the sooner we catch ourselves, it's like, you know, you walk You walk on an open field, and that's life. And then something happens. Darkness, you know, the sun sets and darkness comes. And together with the sun setting, you're approaching a forest. And the forest is kind of dark. And instead of stopping and kind of going back out on the field and saying, hey, I'm going to sleep here, I'm going to rest here, you walk, continue walking into the forest and... There is no light. And instead of being wise and say, hey, I'm going to turn around and stay on the field, okay? You keep walking into the forest until it gets so dark and you can't find your way out. And I I just realized that when I have the first signs that I'm, oh, I'm approaching this dark forest now, I better turn around or at least stop. I had this awareness this time. And I feel like, okay, this is the way. Awareness, living well, having awareness, knowing where I'm at, and also knowing where help can be found. And sometimes help 
I mean, for, for weeks before this, help was found in my friends and my sister. Help was found in the friendship, in the caring, in the love, you know, in the support. Help was found in sleep, in the crisis. There was so much help found in different, you know, areas and aspects. Help was found in exercise, going to the gym every day. Help was found taking a long walk with my dog. And then eventually I was still approaching the dark forest. And there it was like a sign, hey, okay, stop, medicate. And I did. And I can say that now, a month later, I wake up happy. I go to bed happy. I sleep eight, nine hours. I feel I'm a good person. I don't do much. I don't perform. I don't, you know, I have no, absolutely no, like, wow, amazing events happening now in the corona crisis. It's not like I feel, wow, this is the breakthrough or this is a happy new relationship or this is that. You know, there's no external event that adds to my well-being is actually this little white pill adds self-confidence, peace, happiness, uh, joy, you know, essence. I'm back. I just feel like, wow, I'm so grateful. I'm back. I'm me again. So it's not like the medicine makes me someone else. It's not like I feel strange or weird or artificially you know, different. I just feel like, okay, I'm back. And the amazing thing is that this is, this feeling of being myself, of, of knowing my essence, of knowing my goodness, this is something I was lacking my whole life. And I realized that, that at times, like the first one week ago, I just felt like, I, I said to someone, I said that sometimes I feel like I missed out on a lot because I didn't medicate earlier. Because to live life with this feeling of being okay, to live life with the feeling of being a good person, is so different than to live your life with the feeling of lack and not being okay. And um, I just feel like sometimes I can feel like I'm I'm sad I missed out on the on the peace and calm and goodness, and also on the on the feeling of appreciating myself. And then I feel like okay, everything has a point. Now is the time to appreciate myself more. Now is the time to do more good things. To, to feel more goodness. It's just like, this is how it is. And, and most likely, if I didn't have the experiences I had, I would not be able to share with you the way I do. I would not have the kind of life purpose that I feel I have uh, because I would, wouldn't have the experience of the hardship. I wouldn't have the experience of the struggle. I wouldn't have the experience of the darkness. And I understand that I need that experience. That adds also to, to my being, you know. 
this experience is like something that I should use now to to yeah to be of service and um, so if we come to to where where you are at I have no idea where you are at in your life I I think we are many right now who who have who can sense a, a kind of scent of depression or that we are feeling much more lonely or hopeless or not as useful and you know and uh, I'm not saying that medication is the way but I can say that if you feel that you're entering into a dark forest it's always good to go to the doctor and when I say go to the doctor I think the best the first thing and I know now it's very very difficult to go to the doctor because of corona but my suggestion is always to take, you know, a blood status and see and check your hormones and check your blood and see how everything is. And and there is also, um, which I was taking for two months, three months maybe, I was taking 5-HTP. Five 5-HTP five is like the precursor to serotonin. So it's the thing that kind of activates to the creation of serotonin in our bodies. And I was taking that for really really long time trying to build you know my chemical muscles again and it wasn't enough but I think that if you feel a little low I think that is a good way to start to actually uh, buy 5-HTP and start eating that and also supplements in general and I can also say there may come a time like for me when supplements and good stuff and food and exercise isn't enough you know a crisis is a crisis is a crisis, and Corona is a crisis, and it affects us. And uh, I don't think it's good to have like the whole population becoming more depressed. I don't believe in it. I think it's v- devastating for us. So I think that what we can do ourselves to kind of uh, keep ourselves mentally healthy. I think it's it's needed, especially in these times. And I think also medication, for those of you who feel very, very strongly against and who feel kind of, and I know it's easy to feel self-righteous about it if you are not affected, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you've never been depressed, if you never had you know, these doubts and question what life is about and why you are here and what's the purpose with you and so on, then it's easy to be self-righteous and judgmental. And I know that there are also many, many, many people who feel like the natural way we're going to go through, we're going to get through this with yoga and meditation and green juice. It's like, it's not going to work if you are me. No way you will get through where I was a month ago with yoga, meditation and green juice. That's not just possible. And there is nothing to be judgmental or, you know, about. Because it's my life we're talking about. We're talking about people's lives. And I want you to know that 90% of all suicide, 
you know, all suicide, 90% of them come out of depression or alcohol abuse. So 90% of all suicide has been done by someone who is abusing alcohol or is depressed, most likely both. Depression is the stage before suicide. So if we can fight depression, if we can do things about that, we're going to have so many, so much less suicide and so much less suicide attempts. Because this losing your self-confidence, and it goes fast. It's not, it doesn't have to be a process of months or years. It can, for me, as it was for me, it can drop really, really fast. I think that is also a genetical you know, kind of how affected you are from a crisis, you know. I think it has a lot to do about your your chemical, you, you know, uh, your being and also uh, your childhood and your traumas, your PTSDs and whatever you're suffering from. You know, we are all having this large, large, large uh, backpack with experiences and things that happen. Okay, I'm so sorry, uh, my son just called and I forgot to put uh, the phone on. <laughs> so give my God, my pulse just went like skyrocketed because my son was calling. I invited him to dinner and I forgot to put the, the phone on airplane mode and it just cut the recording. So, okay, what I was saying was that every one of us has a... a and I don't know if the sound now is really difficult. Okay, this is... Oh, I wish I was better at this. Okay, it is what it is. We all have this big backpack of experiences and what happened to us. I totally lost my thread here. And I think that it affects us, you know, differently. And we can't, you know judge anyone we just need to do what we can to avoid depression because depression leads to suicide and people actually die from depression so whatever measurements we take and it's not it's not okay to say that's the wrong way you it's okay to do yoga, it's okay to meditate, it's okay to take long walks, it's okay to be in nature, it's okay to pet your dog, it's not okay to, to eat too much, it's not okay with sugar, it's not okay with medicine, it's not okay, you know, it, that is not okay to say that this is okay, this is not okay. For me, it's like we have to to be like take a... A sustainable approach to this. What are we? What's the goal here? The goal is to have a joyful, happy, calm, peaceful, good life. Okay. We know that the way to this is not alcohol, and you know, it's not drugs, and it's not, you know, abuse, or it's not, you know, dysfunctional relationship. It's not stress, and so on. Of course not, but. It's not always that mindfulness helps. For me, for example, mindfulness and yoga, there is nothing that can 
be worse for me when I'm full of anxiety, for example. My mind, if I'm depressed and my mind is racing, I'm like, I can just lie there and I just feel like I want to kill myself now, now, now. Everyone seems to enjoy this so much. Everyone is so happy and I feel I just want to die, you know. And I feel that this little, this little white pill that I call my soul these days, it really brings me what I need at the moment. And I know that my serotonin levels are not 100% okay ever. Uh, I know how I feel with this little white pill. I know my essence when I have it. This is, this is also the amazing thing, that when you are yourself, when you feel your essence, when you feel at one with yourself, you know it. And there's nothing artificial about it. The artificial thing, the, the fake thing, you know, the illusion is to not feel it. The way I lived for 47 years, that's what's not real. And I'm so grateful that I know this now. So for those of you who haven't tried medicine but is suffering a lot, who doesn't wake up in the morning feeling okay, who feel that you are somehow worthless, that you are a lesser kind of being and that you're struggling, you know, uh, there are a few things that I always, when, when someone contacts me and say I don't want to live or I feel like I'm, I could just as well die, uh, there are always a few things that I ask and it's about addiction, of course. I ask about the childhood and, and I also ask about habits, lifestyle habits like food and sleep and work and so on. And then depending on the severeness, you know, I always talk about medication. I always ask, did you ever try? And what is your look on it? And are you very negative? And why are you very negative? And often, often it's people who are very, you know, in our community, if I say so, uh, like yoga, meditation, spirituality, and, and so on. There is a lot of negativity and I can feel we can't be negative to life-saving measurements. You know, we can't be negative to saving lives. Because this is, this is what I feel. Like if someone is suicidal, medicine is almost the first thing that I suggest. Because this changes radically so much, the self-confidence. If you feel you have a self-worth, killing yourself is not the first action you take so there is like with this episode I want to kind of put into those minds who feel that medicine is totally off and I know that there are so many kind of healthy mindful people suffering so much who are severely depressed and is not getting out of it because mindfulness and yoga meditation doesn't really give you, it doesn't really elevate your serotonin levels, you know. It makes you calm, peaceful, maybe, but it doesn't add to your self-worth because serotonin, that's the happy hormone, you know, it's the joy. And if you can say that self-confidence 
I have a feeling that it's chemical. I have a strong feeling that self-confidence is actually chemical. It's chemistry, you know. And of course, I mean, it's a mix of a lot of things. I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I think it's good that I'm not a scientist, you know, that I'm not a doctor, that I'm just this lay person uh, who feels she knows a lot and decided to share it. Because I think it gives a different approach, like, okay, there's so many, you know, doctors and therapists who has never been suicidal, who has never been depressed, but they know a lot about it scientifically, but they haven't experienced it. So maybe that's my next life. I'm going to be a doctor and have all the experience of it. I don't know. Uh, what else can I say about medicine? There is also another thing I've tried before, and that's for anxiety. Uh, I was prescribed anti-anxiety medicine. It's called Atarax. It's, uh, originally, it's like an antihistamine, I think, for allergy. Anyhow, I was prescribed that also five years ago. And uh, I take it... During these years, I have been taking it at times because I can have anxiety attacks. They can come. And I've always felt like there is no point in, you know, elevating my nervous system. It's no point in stressing myself, you know, because it doesn't create any goodness. It's, it's a different thing to sit through pain. Pain and anxiety is not the same. Pain is a lot of sorrow, it's a lot of, could be grief, you know, it could, but anxiety is not the same as pain. Anxiety is like little doses of fear and is very, very extremely uncomfortable and it can become chronical. And for me, I can take, if I, if I feel like an anxiety attack comes, then I can take one of those because I really feel that it's, that is a quick fix. That is not like you need to take it for a couple of weeks to, to feel the effect. But that is a quick fix and it takes me down and I get a good night's rest and then next morning I can be okay again. So that is also something if you feel like you're suffering from anxiety, there's also something, you know, because to have the advice then to sit with pain and it's not pain, it's anxiety, I think is not so healthy. So there are ways. I can also say when I have anxiety, I can also go out for a long run. That is also helping me. And at times I have to be, the better we become in awareness and knowing ourselves, I think the better we can make like a self-diagnosis. So I can feel like, okay, is this anxiety or is it my nervous system that is elevated and stressed? And if it's anxiety, I can go for a run. If it's my nervous system, running is not the best. Then it's better to take a bath. So to really begin to fill into what is this and get to know yourself. And I know this is very, very hard to master because often you get scared shit. Like it's me, like when I, when I was going into the depression, I mean, my biggest fear is that now I'm becoming suicidal again. The fear connected to that is so big. And um, I think fear is the hardest thing to master. 
this is also something that my little white pill makes me less afraid. It adds like this self-confidence and calm, which also reduces fear. So for me right now, it has been life-changing. After four weeks now, I feel I am back on track. I'm not, I'm not only back on track, I'm actually more myself than before. That's fact, fact is, that's actually amazing. I feel I'm more myself than before. I'm not artificially, you know, someone else, but I'm more myself. And I can just say that there are, I think actually we should add medication to all the other different good things that we do. I'm definitely writing about it in my book, taking this up as, a, as one of the, the things that we do to both get out of depression and also avoid entering into a deep state of it. And it's actually with just one purpose, and that is to save lives. Hey, Henry. Okay. That was that was Maya waking up, letting Henry out. It's so uh, it's so much joy to have, you know, the kids and the dog. I miss the little dog. I'm gonna get him today, Charlie. Uh, okay, is there something else I want to say about medication? Hmm. Hmm. Is there something else you want to know about it? I mean, I bet there are so many judgments, so many judgments, but... I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm pro-prescribing it because I think we prescribe it too much, you know, instead of therapy and exercise and changes in life. And, you know, I don't believe in this start to medicate and keep your stressful life, keep the, the, the job you hate and, and, you know, stay in the bad relationship but just take some medicine. I don't believe in that approach at all. But I think it's a really, really crucial and good way uh, when it comes to, to, to depression. I think it's crucial. Um, and if you feel that this is a path you haven't tried, uh, I would not be scared to try it. And I know, I know that 10 milligrams that I take, that is not big. It's a super, now Henry is drinking water. It's a super low doses which also means that I'm very sensitive to it. I don't need much to have a really good effect. And I think that is also depending on our constitution and also weight and, I don't know, metabolism and, and most likely also how healthy we live since I don't drink an alcohol. For example, I don't think it's a good idea to keep drinking alcohol or using drugs and medicate. I think... I don't only think, I think it's important to, to remove the addiction. And, and that is a different topic. But to kind of keep a bad habit and add medication, I don't believe in that. I don't think it's sustainable. 
Uh, if it saves your life, good. But then we have to look at the bigger picture also. Okay. I hope I'm going to be able to mix these two parts together because now I have like one part of this podcast that is 40 minutes and one that is 15 minutes and I'm going to try to connect them in the middle and I'm going to call my son. Okay. If you have any questions, any any judgments, any suggestions, anything you want to share with me when it comes to meditation, medication and depression or any other kind of uh, state state of mind uh, feel free to share them with me send me an email shamaperson at gmail.com or send me a direct messages and um, yeah wherever you are at uh, corona I know this is a difficult time for many 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 of us I know that many of us are prone to enter into depression at these times. And I feel that it's very, very important to not go too deep into the forest. To ask for help. To ask for help is not a weakness. It's a strength. Okay. I love you. I love you. And I hope you're safe. Puss. Puss.